0: Welcome, it's Indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie. good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day with me, my contributor, none other than Sharon Reed, host commentator, and also Rebel HQ, TYT Sports contributor as well. Should be a fascinating analysis. Top story of the day, Marjorie Taylor Green, who says that basically individuals who um, wear drag, are the dysfunction, they represent the dysfunction and the derailment of the whole nation. However, she's defending her boyfriend, who also dressed in drag at one point in his career. Here it is.:
1: And then they want to make fun
2: of us on on the news and say, "Oh, right- wingers, oh, conservative Americans are upset over drag queens." You're damn right. We're upset over drag queens.
3: I can tell you, I don't think a lot, I think a lot of people are up now. They're all hashtag I am up. Of course, come and check it out here. Starts off on Saturday. I'm kicking these shoes off, but I may keep the pantyhose on. It does yeah. feel kind of good, well, actually. Right, good <laughs> I'm not gonna pee in them. I promise. <laughs> sitting back in the studio.
0: Okay, I got a lot to say about that, but let me first do this. She has had many past lovers, according to the narrative. The narrative has not really been disputed by Marjorie Taylor Green. Prior to Brian Glenn, she had this fellow. Green was previously married to Tyler, excuse me, to Perry Green. Perry Green was her hubby for 25 years. God bless him. Representative Marjorie Taylor Green defended her boyfriend over the weekend after a video, an old video of a longtime news broadcaster dressed up in drag, went viral. Right Side Broadcasting Network host Brian Glenn can be seen in the old video wearing a blonde wig and a dress. The type of dress up outlawed under anti-trans bills. Sweeping red states like Texas and Tennessee. I'm literally LOLing, Green wrote in a tweet Sunday night. She claimed Glenn and I quote, dressed in drag for morning news in Dallas years ago, reporting on an upcoming local theater production. The left is so stupid, she added. On Monday, Glenn seemed to take an unearthed drag video in stride. Some of the best times in my career was working as a feature reporter in morning television where I had the opportunity to engage in the local community. He told the Daily Beast. Truth be told, pantyhose is way too scratchy for me to wear. God bless women, he said. The irony of it all. Now remember, these are the same individuals representing that people who wear the same attire that Margie Greens boyfriend wore. That literally, that should be not only a crime, but a crime punishable by actual incarceration. They have said on record, they believe individuals dressing in drag. Somehow permeates to the youth culture and adversely impacts their ability to grow and progress as young people. They don't care about guns, they care about drag until they are caught in drag. I have more actually. So, Marge Jill Green, she has this history of dating individuals uh, that, you know, they have their own unique way of dressing. Here's another example. Yes. Marja Taylor Green dated that fella. According to The Daily, back in 2012, Margie Taylor Green, while married to Mr. Perry, allegedly had an affair with that guy, Craig Ivy, um, a self-proclaimed sex guru, when they worked at a CrossFit gym in Georgia. Why is that newsworthy? It is not. I decided to put it in there myself, personal preference. Also, this guy, let's put it up, according to the Daily Mail. After their fling ended, she moved on to the gym's manager, Justin Tway. that's Justin, okay. It seems as if those on the right, they actually have a fascination with drag. I don't understand. Why there's this prohibition, this fight against it. This is obviously a bipartisan issue. Just ask Giuliani,
4: mm, I
5: like that. This, this may be the best of all, Oh, you dirty boy. You, oh,
1: oh.
0: Donald Trump was enjoying himself. And this historical context of Giuliani, who basically will wear anything for a paycheck. There it is. Basically, all but one of those outfits would be illegal in Texas. Here's the irony and the reason why this is important. You know what they're doing? They're literally creating, once again, a false boogeyman. They're telling you, oh no, we cannot allow Democrats to ever um, implement their uh, progressive policies. You know why? Because people will wear drag drag is bad, according to them. However, as you can see clearly for the record, individuals who dressed in drag were not problematic in the conservative party until recently. Now, all of a sudden, it becomes this great evil. You see, it's kind of like critical race theory, something that really no one debated about at all until Donald Trump said, hey, hey, this thing is bad, it's evil, it's wrong. He popularized the sentiment that said we must be anti CRT. They are very good at this part of the game, the political game, where they will literally create the dilemma. Frame the debate, declare what side is right, and then engage in a debate that has absolutely no grounding in good faith intention. They simply want to obtain, maintain, Power, That is it, they're hypocrites at their core, don't really know who they are. They don't care, they just want to be powerful. All right, Sharon, the uh, irony and hypocrisy, maximum level on this. What are your thoughts?
5: Well, first of all, excellent job. There's a lot of partners that you went through there. I'm sure you couldn't include everything, it's just a limited broadcast. Uh, But I will say this, her new partner, as a male news anchor or feature reporter, I want to tell you something, Dr Richie, this investigative journalism that you've done, people need to know, a lot of journalists on television will be arrested. They wear manks, they wear makeup, mm-hmm. they wear hair pieces, lace fronts, you think, is this the mm-hmm. women? Okay, mm-hmm. so you're right about this hypocrisy thing, It's just a, it's incredible, they have not thought it through.
0: Yeah, well, I guarantee you, More video
1: was going to come out on other people, right? Okay, (laughs) we'll bring the updates as they come. Uh, Dollar General, another worker decides to engage
0: in this kind of behavior against the shoplifter. Now we're going to provide context, but here's the video.
1: Oh, wait, silly that's what yeah, thing. You know, time. Take time. Stupid ass bitch. You can't have ass uh, bitch. You don't live a f like my little bitch. Oh, you keep living in my you car? You know I fucking live in my car? You know, fucking <laughs> work your hard <and laughs> live in the store? Shut up, bitch. You serious? serious. A, you a, bitch? You bitch? you. dumbass bitch? Mess up this person now. Yeah. for. Yeah, serious? He yeah, right. can on side Everybody's side side. still doing all the time. Because your people, you want to be happy. What's up? Yeah, yeah you going to jail for that, bitch. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll make sure that. Yeah. Then I That's the to Good looking, I need
0: that money. We're trying to confirm details of this scenario. Let's put up the screenshot for mass. Let me give you the background that we currently have and context that was provided. So according to the narrative, according to the narrative, this is a dollar general employee. The dollar general employee allegedly pursued a shoplifter with her car, you see what happened in the video as the vehicle hit the individual in the driveway of a home. We do not know whose home this was. It's unclear in what city or on what date the video was actually taken. But Newsweek, Newsweek cited another Twitter page stating the incident happened on May 11th somewhere in the state of California. Those details, however, have not been independently confirmed. The video was met with a mixed bag of reaction online. I've been looking at that reaction and I will provide some context to it. Some viewers praised the woman's response to the alleged theft, while others commented that her actions were excessive. Her actions were unnecessary and could amount to assault with a deadly weapon. The man did state his intentions to press charges against the woman. California's penal code states that to be guilty of assault with a deadly weapon, you must assault someone with a deadly weapon other than a firearm or use, or use force likely resulting in great bodily injury. If you're charged with a misdemeanor, you face up to one year in county jail. A fine of up to $1,000 or both. A fine and imprisonment, while a felony charge can result in a term of four years in state prison and a fine of up to ten thousand dollars, possibly a combination of both. Again, so let's take this out of the arena of um, let's take this out of the arena of the video only, because the video itself, well, it looks damning to me. But let's talk about it in a different context. Does anyone deserve to damn near die because they stole something out of a convenience store or of a Dollar General? I mean, do we really uh, devalue human life to such a degree that we're okay with the activity of an individual who could literally have killed someone because of an alleged shoplifting incident. There's a reason we pay taxes and have a rule of law and governing authorities and the judicial remedy to prosecute cases, charge cases, adjudicate cases, find people not guilty or guilty based upon the evidence presented during a trial. It's called a constitutional right. And for those who love the Constitution, love that part of the Constitution as well. It is there for a reason. It is there to protect individuals due process from allegation. Allegation comes with an opportunity to defend yourself. Now, I will say this, we don't have all of the details as to if this individual was simply an employee or a manager, the post did not provide that. So I'm asking if anyone has more detail than Newsweek has provided, please submit those details if you could to Indisputable. We would love to follow up to see exactly what happened. Now, we're seeing this more and more. We just reported last week on the story of a security guard who decided to shoot A shoplifter, the DA decided not to press charges. When we saw the video, we were more outraged than even hearing the narrative. Because the video was more damning than the initial narrative of what happened. But no charges will be filed. Once again, shoplifting, shoplifting. I'm not saying that a person should be able to simply steal and there are zero consequences. That's not how it works. But I'm saying that nobody should die or have their lives put in danger because they are shoplifting. And to the Christian evangelicals who are saying uh, congratulations to the young lady who hit the mail on the bicycle. I wanna remind you that even in scripture, look it up. It says if a person steals and they steal because they're hungry, they steal because they're poor. You know the scripture allocates, I'm talking Old Testament. No punishment on that person, except they simply restore what was stolen with no interest. So I want you to be reminded of that as you judge harshly the individual who may have allegedly committed a shoplifting offense. Sharon, thoughts
5: on this? I am disgusted. These vigilantes, I mean, There's an ex Marine who needs to come get his cousin in California. Okay. Daniel Penny, come get your cousin, or she's not going to be able to go to Africa with you on the trip you were planning. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. Dr. Richie, correct me if I'm wrong, but Dollar General, is that where the premise is everything's a dollar?
3: Supposedly. Okay.
5: If this is what you've done, I don't have a lot, but I have enough to cover whatever I'm sure was stolen. What in the world? Are you doing here, ma'am? And I would love it if she would be charged to the fullest extent of the law. I could care less what this man on the bike took or didn't take. Since she's, you know, judge, jury, whatever. Yeah. Daniel Penny, come get your cousin, please.
0: Yeah, and you gotta imagine whatever he stole, the amount, because of the store. Not even a felony. Not even a felony. It's <laughs> likely not even a felony, right? It's a misdemeanor or possibly a city ordinance charge if that. Um, if he if he did the crime
1: alleged. All right, we'll bring you updates as they come. Hell of a story. There's an update, a man kills a
0: 13 year old child. Individuals say, listen, this was murder. He gets charged, but not with murder. The family is outraged, put up the picture for of mask. We brought you this story before Franklin County Grand Jury has indicted Craig Butler on multiple felony charges, fatally killing a 13 year old since Reed last fall. None of the charges were for murder, however, despite, despite witnesses noting that the suspect got out of his vehicle to shoot the teenager. The 37 year old has since been arrested, charged, booked into the county jail is awaiting his next day in court. Let me give you background for the firearm charge. Butler faces six to 18 months in prison and a possible fine of $5,000. If found guilty of tampering with evidence. The man could serve up to a whopping 36 months in prison and for uh, and a possible fine of $10,000. So I'm going to give you a reminder of what happened. Reports show one witness spotted Mr Butler, who was the child's neighbor, exiting a red truck, firing firing at the 13-year-old Reed, and then driving off. That's called evidence of a guilty conscience. Police got a call about the shooting around 5.45 p.m. When officers arrived at the scene, they found the child gravely injured before paramedics transported him to the hospital. He was pronounced dead around 6.30 p.m. According to the autopsy, the child was shot twice, with bullets hitting him in his chest and right wrist. The Columbus Dispatch reports authorities arrested Butler for murder a day later with a $1 million bond. However, he was later released when those charges were dismissed eight days after the shooting. Butler said he simply acted in self Defense, let's put up the prosecutor, Franklin County Prosecutor G Gary Tayak. The Franklin County Prosecutor's Office states the dismissal was, and I quote, standard practice before sending it to the grand jury. The dispatch reports under an Ohio law that went into effect in 2019, that potential suspect no longer has to prove they shot someone in self defense. Um, instead, the burden rests on the prosecution. A spokesperson from the Columbus Division of Police said Friday, that they have officially closed the investigation into the teen shooting. Local station WCMH reports and uh, to the credit of the local law enforcement authorities, they actually charged the individual with the right charge. They charged the person with murder that same day, okay? So they charged the person with murder, this individual gets a $1 million bond. He's now squarely in the hands of the DA because According to the police division, they have solved the murder. They arrested the right person. For them, case is closed, you move to the prosecutorial phase. Prosecutor gets it, prosecutor decides, okay, well, let me utilize uh, this particular element of the law. And we're gonna move forward uh, in this fashion. Now, two elements here are troubling. Number one, the way the prosecutor decided to not work the prosecutorial magic, so to speak, to ensure that a murder charge sticks. That's number one. But then you have this macrocosm, a system issue, the silliness of it all, okay? Um, Naturally, naturally, if the law states what the prosecutor interprets the law to state, it definitely should not apply, or the spirit of that law should not apply to help individuals who kill 13 year olds get away with it, right? Doesn't make sense. But we have this confusion inside of our statutory ranks when laws are literally being passed based on politics and not what actually works for everyday people. Now, in some contexts, some would argue on the left to say this law is actually a decent law for. A, B, and C, let's be clear. Let's be clear. Implementation, execution, leadership, whoever is in charge will manipulate these rules, these policies and these statutes to benefit them. So you can keep passing laws. Good, you can keep creating statute. Great, but if you have the wrong person in charge, it doesn't matter. All right, sharing thoughts here.
5: I'm sick, this little boy, had same last name, that curly hair. But yep. I love this child and I don't understand how someone could hate this child so much. Yeah. It, that's what this is and why we can't even let a grand jury decide. When you have these district attorneys who are working overtime, not to work for justice, Dr. Ritchie, but to make sure people like that, Get off scot-free, the, the police who did their job and the charges they I guarantee you they were reprimanded in some way. Mm. I guarantee you somebody was spoken to about this.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's put the picture back up again. One of the arguments, the primary argument that was made is that this grown ass man was in fear of his life from a 13 year old baby. So much so that he had to kill the 13 year old child. By jumping out of his truck, shooting him, getting back in his truck and driving off according to the witness. That is his claim. His claim is being believed. As a matter of fact, I don't think it's even being believed. They don't give a damn. They don't care what the truth is. They just know. He can get away with it because it plants a level of reasonable doubt. And at the end of the day, prosecutorial discretion rules
1: the justice system. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some
0: of these amazing comments. I appreciate everyone in advance, always chiming in. A lot of comments, little time, all right? Um, We have a few dynamics that are quite interesting. We're gonna go over and I will remind everyone. 499 membership, that gets you in the door, all right? tyt.com forward slash impact, all right? Tyt has raised progressive voices nationwide. Membership helps us to make a positive impact. You are the oil inside of the engine, right? We appreciate all that you do. Okay, we have, I think this is A1X. Uh, The Republican argument is anyone who does drag is a pedophile, but I am not a pedophile. So I can do it without realizing the irony. Right. There you go. Uh, Jocelyn says, "Does the employee think the Dollar General CEO will reward her?" I don't think so. Okay. Um, uh, A1X also says, "By California law, unless you are a police officer, you can't even attempt to physically detain someone unless you have witnessed them commit a felony." California law says that would be that would mean theft of less than nine hundred and fifty dollars in value. Thank you for providing the value marker. In Georgia, it's actually two hundred and fifty dollars, but the same law applies if. You have not witnessed a felony. Basically, there's nothing you can do, zero, all right? You cannot detain someone, you're kidnapping them. All right, uh, YouTube, Jonathan, Philly Ciano. The Rudy drag scares the hell out of me. All right, Tyler Hackner, I give to one indisputable. Thank you so much for that membership gifting. Uh, And Tyler uh, says, and thank you for that Tyler. Hypocrisy knows no bounds for Queen Karen, that's right. Okay, uh, so non-human humanist. Thank you for that. Says Dr. Richie, we now get new data point. And Ultimate Karen has a matching Karen boyfriend with <laughs> the blonde wig. <laughs> the modern Green first Karen to make it to Congress. Yes, correct. Twitch. All right, uh, Mr. Underscore Pickles. That's insane. Imagine working for $15 an hour, feeling entitled, required to run over a human being for petty theft. It's insane, is it not? All right, I got something for you, ladies and gentlemen. I wish you, Karen would.
1: You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In, Sunday? You're a real friend. Back off! I "Come on, there's an
5: American man threatening my life." I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna save your I don't give a That means you're gonna sit here and me. I'll do whatever I do.
0: I mean, damn. That woman needs to play the lottery. She lottery. She actually made it out of there without a scratch. Put up the picture for a mass. Now, arguments happen. Debate takes place, emotions can run high. But the reason, madam, you are being featured on this segment is because of that last move. You see, the carenicity was just building up in the moment of confrontation. And your last move was the tail of your level of carenicity. Ma'am, that was a criminal offense. That's a criminal act in every jurisdiction that I'm aware of. Destruction of property, intentional destruction of property. You were at the right Waffle House, you got lucky. There are some places that I'm aware of, it would not have worked out the same way. And let me say this to the workers at the Waffle House. Um, Many, many, many years ago when I was a teenager, I worked at the Waffle House. I had a great time there actually. Today I no longer eat at the Waffle House. I've protested them for many years because they decided to take the side of a security guard who assaulted a black woman for plastic utensils. So I haven't eaten there since. But those who work at the Waffle House, it is a really difficult job. You have to understand they literally are where the stove is located the entire time. They are constantly on their feet taking orders, even when there's downtime, they usually have to still remain up, ready, willing, or prepping, okay? So to the workers, uh, no one deserves to be treated that way. You all handled it very professionally, so sorry this happened to you. Uh, we provide an opportunity at reflection here on Indisputable so that people can possibly transform, sharing thoughts on this.
5: Yeah, I haven't been in Waffle House in a minute uh, either, Doc. Uh, My thoughts are this, you're exactly right. The tips aren't good at Waffle House, it's relatively inexpensive. You're on display the entire time. But to add assault, verbal assault as well to it, not a good look. I have high hopes that they will identify her from the tie dye though. (laughs) Claire's Boutique, start at Claire's Boutique in a mall near you. There's not too many people with that. It's, it's, exact. Distinct.
0: it's very distinct, somebody knows that tie-dye hoodie. They're coming for her. Yeah, mm. all right, um, what if I told you a person got so impatient, all right, at an ATM, they decided to pull out, well, this. Let's keep that picture up. Now, you may think, wait a minute, am I looking at a potential robbery? Let's figure out the background. A Florida man, yep, Florida, is wanted after he was caught on camera pointing a gun at another man making a deposit at an ATM. The video shows the suspect is a bald man with tattoos who is armed with a semi automatic handgun with an extended magazine. He is believed to be in his 40s or 50s and can be heard yelling and cursing at the victim before driving away. According to the Broward County Sheriff's Office, the victim said he was trying to make a deposit, that's all. He was trying to make a deposit at a drive-through ATM when an unknown man pulled up behind him in a black Cadillac sedan and started honking his horn. The victim told police he got out of his van to get a deposit slip from the back of the vehicle. And then the two men exchanged words. That's when the Cadillac driver stepped out of his car, pulled out a gun. Anyone with information is asked to contact the BSO violent crimes detective Jennifer Petrovsky or submit a tip through the Safer Watch app. Okay, Um, guns, guns, guns. Once again, it is so normative in the culture now that Guns are literally being utilized to settle civil disputes as well as issues of impatience. The man was being impatient, hogging his horn, you need to hurry up, right? And then there's a gun all of a sudden, why? Why do you need a gun for a man who's at an ATM machine? I don't understand this. Uh, there are some federal rules that typically will apply, especially on the property of banks that have um, FDIC insurance. We shall see exactly what happens. Right now, in the sheriff's office, they are looking, actively looking for this individual. They would like any information you could provide. Please send it to them. You can't solve problems with guns. It does not really remedy a nonviolent, non threatening situation. It typically makes it worse for you and for the other person. So now the other person has significant anxiety. The other person is thinking about, my goodness, what will happen next? What happens if somebody hunks their horn? Am I worried about uh, somebody pulling a gun out because they were inconvenient slightly, and then the individual who pulled the gun, he may have a family. He may actually have a career, people depending on him. He may belong to an organization or church that he provides money for volunteerism, that's all very possible. In that moment, sir, you decided to risk all of that at your age because you were impatient. That is the allegation thus far. Okay, Sharon, insanity here, thoughts?
5: It is insanity, and I hope they issued the bolo with high alert. This is a very dangerous Dangerous man, Doctor Ritchie. Another place I guess I can't go to. I never know the pin. I've got a bunch of different cards, and I hold up the line and not go to the ATM.
0: Well, not in Florida. No, right. it's not in Florida, right? Can't go to the whole state. Uh, there you go. And, and by the way, uh, have you seen this Russia uh, list of people that are banned? Uh, so you know, I'm not on the list. I don't know why.
5: Uh, you will so be I'm, shortly.
0: Right, you and okay. Joe Scarborough. Let's do that, let's go ahead and get me on that list, okay? Yeah. All right,
1: we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick a stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments.
0: Um, Seth Michael Draginski, I like that, says I realized a while back that anytime I lose my temper in public, no matter what the situation, I'm taking advantage of white privilege or supremacy. Anytime I do something that a black man would be arrested, possibly killed for, for doing in public is exploiting institutionalized racism. It's very self analytical of you, all right? Uh, Neil Whittington, and thank you for that. My song epic fits right in. Here's the chorus: there's gotta be no way that you nor me can buy them. It's in our rights, but that was written back when we could shoot only one shot at a time. Cody Stanley, thank you, Cody. Okay, NAACP has issued a travel advisory, basically saying, hey, black people, don't go to the state of Florida. It's problematic. Let's go to the president of the NAACP for context. Here it is.
5: CEO of the NAACP, Derek, good to have you here. Why take this step?
3: It was important for uh, the NAACP and other organizations to speak for individuals who are under attack. We have a large membership base in the state of Florida who, who feel besieged upon and unfortunately the governor is using his platform to advance some of the most regressive racist policies in his attempt to become the president of the United States. So you have an individual who's leaning towards running for the presidency and the nation must be aware and be cautious that if we decide to move in this direction Direction, it would take us backwards uh, to the Trump years or to the 1950s. And so this is for individuals across the country to be clearly aware of how harmful this individual would be if, in fact, he occupied the White House.
5: NBC News reached out to the governor's office, haven't received any response yet. Have you been contacted by Florida officials? And prior to this, I'm wondering, did you try to address your concerns directly with the governor or other state leaders?
3: Well, our state NAACP leaders and other leaders of the Legislative Black Caucus in Florida and many officials in Florida, including corporations like this, have reached out made it of appeals, and it, but, but it's gone on deaf ears. He is appealing to the lowest common denominator of humanity. He's seeking to amplify the voice of a small minority of individuals who, who lack any integrity or morality in, in terms of their neighbors and other individuals.
0: Let's put up the picture full mask, give some context to the reason the NAACP president CEO decided to go this route. So NAACP president CEO Derek Johnson defends the NAACP's position, which warns African Americans of traveling to Florida, citing increasingly hostile conditions cultivated under Governor Ron DeSatan. The NAACP joined the League of United Latin American Citizens, a Latino civil rights organization, LULAC, uh, and Equality Florida a Gay Rights Advocacy Group in issuing the travel advisories for the Sunshine State. Now, I want you to remember there are multiple groups that signed off on this advisory where tourism is one of the state's largest job sectors. The NAACP's Board of Directors tells, uh, tells tourists that before traveling to Florida, they should understand the state of Florida devalues and marginalizes the contributions of and the challenges faced by African Americans and other communities of color, all right? So let's put up some of the other organizations that joined in this proclamation, okay? It's basically a human rights coalition standing up against openly hostile activity. But the racism has already started. Florida's discrimination against people of color. DeSantis administration in January rejected the college board's advanced placement African-American studies course, remember that? Programs on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and also passed the Stop Woke Act that restricts certain race-based conversations. LULAC cited a new law that prohibits local governments from providing money to organizations that issue identification cards. And invalidates out of state driver's license held by undocumented immigrants. The law also requires hospitals that accept Medicaid to include a citizenship question on intake forms, which critics have said is intended to dissuade immigrants living in the US legally, illegally from seeking medical care. Now, I want to remind everybody what he's actually doing. He's showing America, he's showing America, what? America would look like under him as president. So he has utilized Florida as his laboratory. The mad scientist known as DeSantis has been able to pass legislation contrary to the sentiment of progress, diversity, you know, all of the things that racist, bigoted people typically like. He's been able to do what Donald Trump never could do. He actually got it passed, it became law. Now, did some of this stuff get overturned in judicial proceedings? Yes, but the win based on his uh, constituents will still go to him because he got it done. There's more discrimination against LGBTQ communities. Recent efforts to limit discussions on LGBTQ topics in schools, the removal of books, with uh, gay characters from school libraries, a recent ban on gender affirming care for minors, new restrictions on abortion access and a law allowing Floridians to carry concealed guns with no permit. No permit contributed to Equality Florida's warning. Now, remember, all of these bills are red meat bills. That's what they are. Nobody's checking for legislation like this. It solves no real, actual problems. The guy's not solving problems. He's simply creating hostility. Same thing Trump did. But that hostility carried the power wave of Trump all the way to the White House. So he's taken a page out of that book. Yes, his style may be a little different, but the sentiment is the same and in some ways even more dangerous. Reaction from the GOP. Tulsi Gabbard said this.
5: So frankly, there's a, there's a positive and negative to this story. The negative, of course, is the NAACP is racializing and weaponizing racism mm-hmm. for political benefit. The, Of course, is the NAACP is racializing and weaponizing racism.
0: And I said from the GOP intentionally, you heard this woman say, The NAACP is radicalizing racism. I'm done. Radicalizing racism? Ma'am, racism is already radical. The fact that you would say they're radicalizing racism as if racism is this, you know, fluffy thing to be played with and honored and Listen to what you're saying, and see, that's your inside voice that somehow made it out here. You know racism is real. You're not arguing that it is not. You're saying, well, my goodness, this black group is radicalizing it. No, racism is already a radical behavior. We're actually trying to decrease it, eliminate it, love people beyond it, help people see it. There's more, okay? And culture, what did Ann culture say? NAACP issues warning to African Americans to avoid visiting Florida. Employees and restaurants and tourism industry brace for a 0.00% drop in tips. Now, I want to remind you, let's keep that up. Um, I want to remind everyone. That it wasn't just the NAACP who made the proclamation. Other groups did too, as you clearly see. But who are they coming after? The Black organization. Who are they making commentary against? Black people. Okay? That is by design, that is strategic, right? We have officially gone to a place where racism is bold, it is in front, it is out loud. Donald Trump helped popularize the notion again, but he is not the reason it is here. The reason it is here is the fault of both political parties, both major political parties who decided not to do what was necessary to get rid of this sentiment among the citizens. So now here we are where literally our entire political framework is being manipulated by known and proud racists. Sharon, thoughts on this.
5: Ron DeSantis is dangerous, we know that. Um, but can you imagine, Dr. Ritchie, if he was an effective off-prompter communicator? Mm. Thank, thank goodness he's not. I would like to see people join forces like was done with Arizona only tenfold. And I'm sorry, it's gonna hurt some good people down in Florida. But if this is acceptable, then we have to make it not acceptable.
0: That's right, that's right. You gotta show there's no reward for this kind of governance. There's no honor in this kind of sentiment. It has to be dealt with, withdrawn. Economic withdrawal is the fastest way to change things in a country based on the idea
1: of capitalism. It is the language of these individuals. All right, Um, there's a developing story. A fan,
0: according to the narrative, um, attacks a referee at a game. We'll give you as much information as we have, here it is. Okay, so in this verbal altercation at first, it turned physical. It happened on Saturday when a male parent reportedly left his seat and struck a referee. This was during a youth basketball game. You see people trying to separate individuals and the referee, well, he wasn't having it, obviously. And the youth basketball game in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay, Uh, let's put up the screenshots for mass. So here's what we know, verbal altercation according to the individual who posted it. It was all captured on video. It was posted on Twitter by a person named Jeff Lytle. Captioning it in part by saying, why is it okay to attack an official, all right? According to Lytle, the incident occurred during the eighth grade boys basketball game between Team Robinson, 2027 Pink, and Blue Water Hurricanes, which lost the game 78 to 7. The spectacular who, this uh, spectator who approached the referee reportedly was a parent of the Blue Water Hurricanes. Okay. Parent. It is unclear what started the altercation. However, the parent and the referee were seen exchanging words before things became physical. A witness told WANE 15 news that the parent was complaining about foul calls. And after speaking to the referee, was asked to leave the game. When the official attempted to get help in removing the parent, the man got in his face and grabbed the referee, according to the witness. Who said the parent who who was escorted out of the venue Uh, and did not return. The, uh, The witness claimed that they showed officers the video of the incident. Spokespeople for the Fort Wayne Police Department and Allen County Sheriff's Department said officers were not called to the scene. According to TMZ, it's unclear if anyone was injured in the incident. This is insane, one Twitter user replied to Lido's video adding. That official is one of the best guys we have out there on a weekly basis. All right, still developing, still information um, coming in. But here's the reality, if a referee at an actual sanctioned game, if a referee tells you you're ejected, typically that's the rule, all right? They are able to enforce trespass. This has been pretty common. It's nothing really um, outside of the norm as it relates to that. But it is abnormal for someone to say, well, now I'm going to fight you because of this. We understand frustrations run high, especially. One, I don't know, maybe you feel as if there's a foul call and it should not have been. But violence, come on. You see, these are games for young people. You see, games for youth, it's not about the competition, it's about the character that you build in the midst of competition. You know, we actually learn more in losses than in victory. Teams help you build not only character, but also a sense of loyalty and connection. And you also learn how to lose with grace because a loss is not really a loss when you understand that the win itself was in the journey of the competition. Hopefully you are now a better player, a better individual, a better person. That's what sports should do. When we have a parent like this, well, it's all about the win. Nothing else, typically, Sharon,
5: thoughts here. This isn't Sierra Canyon, right? And Bronnie James isn't on the team. I'm just making sure I heard you right, Doc. <laughs> right, you're right. I, you, the, you gotta bring the temperature down, people, yeah. and stop. You gotta stop this, just stop, stop.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a bad example. We don't want that around our kids. And you know, they'll talk about this for the rest of the school year. Not a good look at all. We got more
1: on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida will announce he's running
0: for president. This is breaking news, he is going to announce on Wednesday according to the report. Let's put up the picture for Mass have some information to read to you. According to the New York Times, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida is planning on announcing the start Of his 2024 presidential campaign on Wednesday in a live audio conversation on Twitter with Elon Musk. The platform's polarizing owner according to people with knowledge of his plans. DeSantis entry into the Republican primary race against former President Trump has been wildly expected. I've predicted for months he's going to run. But the decision to do so with Elon Musk of all people, Adds a very surprising element and gives DeSantis access to a large audience online. NBC News first reported the plans. So let's keep the picture up. One of the reasons why Twitter has become such a hot commodity, so much so that even Donald Trump sued Twitter to get back on Twitter, uh, is because they understand Twitter is not simply a social media platform. Twitter is a tool. It is a tool. That tool can be utilized to manipulate the masses, because there is typically no actual fact checker with this tool. The event on Twitter Spaces, which is planned for 6 PM Eastern, injects a level of risk into the rollout that is expected to be carefully scripted. And ensures that Mr. DeSantis, his first impression as a presidential candidate will be aligning himself with Elon Musk. This eccentric businessman who has ranked at times the world's richest man. DeSantis is expected to later appear on Fox News in an interview with uh, Trey Goddard. We're gonna see uh, if that happens, a former congressman from South Carolina. Uh, And and a former congressman from South Carolina according to the network, Mr. Musk appeared to confirm the news on Tuesday by retweeting a Fox News reporter who has shared the news of the planned Twitter space with Mr. DeSantis. The governor has also gathered donors on Wednesday at the Four Seasons in Miami. Now that's going to be a $100,000 a plate dinner, all right? Um, Sharon, we knew this was coming. We've talked about how DeSantis has been basically governing Florida based on experimentation to show the uh, party, especially those who are the most extreme, what he's willing to do in order to obtain power. So what are your thoughts about this upcoming presidential announcement from DeSantis?
5: Well, if you thought the last presidential election was something to behold, the primary here, okay? And I guess what, Trump said he's not gonna debate anyway, no loss there. But this is, and Elon Musk too, Dr. Ritchie is unpredictable. So he's not exactly endorsing DeSantis, however, He got him on the platform and I guess that's a win for now.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these two individuals, I'm talking about Trump and DeSantis, um, how they end up engaging with each other. As you know, Trump is going to be the wrecking ball he always has been. DeSantis has been reluctant to really go against Donald Trump. Will that style remain after he officially announces he's running for president all to be seen. All right. AI software that will transform your um, white models into black models. Creating diversity according to the company. Um, I want you to take a look and then we'll get into it, here it is. Whoa, all right, um, let's go ahead and do it, put up the picture. So this is basically your side by side. So a Czech company, Paranormal Studio demonstrated AI based technology that allows you to change the race skin color, hair color and other aspects of an entire human being. The company said the software, this said about the software this, we are developing a pipeline for using AI, in movies and games, if you want to help us create these technologies of the future, let us know. We are not beta testing right now, but are open to investment or co-development. Now, I want to give you another example of AI that we've covered. Um, Let's put this up. This came from Levi's of all places. Levi's will begin testing AI generated uh, clothing models later this year. Levi did this in partnership with uh, lalaland.ai a digital fashion studio that creates realistic AI-generated fashion models. The original announcement was met with a backlash causing Levi's to clarify its use of AI to promote diversity a few days later. We also previously reported on AI software that could change your voice, make you sound more white if you need to. Remember
1: this.
3: Hi, this is Alex from the Customer Service Aid.
1: How are you today? Great to hear. I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for asking. So how can I help you today?
3: I'm so sorry about
1: that. I'll be glad to help you. Can I get your full name, phone number, and address to check in on that order? Do you happen to have the order number so I can bring up your order? Thank you. Let me check on the status of your order. Please give me a minute to check on that.
0: I mean... It's kind of getting out of hand and I'm not quite sure what safeguards can actually well work. Let me give you an example. You can now mimic the voice of someone. You can now mimic the physical appearance of someone without it looking like AI. Okay, you can mimic these things in a way that presents as realistic. No, it presents as real not realistic as real, the opportunity for let's say mishandling, this kind of technology is simply extreme. And at some point we will have to deal with this as an actual genre uh, rather than just one story or one incident at a time. This has to be at least confronted. Now companies who decide to uh, utilize AI instead of simply hiring a black model, shame on you. That is not diversity because you hit a button on a damn keyboard. That's not diversity, that's not equity, that's not inclusion, it's contrary to that. All right, Sharing thoughts on this?
5: So AI comes with white privilege too. That, <laughs> I wild. do. I will say this as I was listening to you and studying you and your features. <laughs> I feel like that we're gonna need a code word, so I know it's really you. Right, exactly. It's really you and not AI, doc.
0: I guess we're gonna have to, yeah, that's gonna be it, Sharon. We're gonna have to all come up with code words. So is that we it know you? we're talking to the real person. It is actually me. Our code word is, we can't say
1: it out loud. Mm-hmm. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Listen, Trump is going to get indicted again and again and
0: possibly one more time. Uh, he may actually end up doing some jail time. Now, the question is Has a current president, has a sitting president um, ever been arrested? The answer is actually yes. A former president, um, you know, no. But a sitting president has been arrested. Here it is. Has a
2: sitting president of the United States of America ever been arrested before? The answer is yes. Ulysses S. Grant, an officer patrolling around 13th and M, William West, saw the speeding carriage, pulled over the president of the United States and gave him a warning. Well, soon thereafter, the president was speeding again and the same officer now arrested him, brought him to the station where the president of the United States willingly paid a $20 bond. The president would later defend the officer for doing his job. Now what makes the story even more incredible is the officer himself. He was a black man, born enslaved, enlisted in the Civil War, saw combat and then became an officer. It is a testimony to us at our best, a president making it clear that this is the United States of America and no one, not even the president, is above the law.
0: I want you to let that sink in. That a president was arrested by a black male police officer, took it on the chin. When others got upset about this arrest, he said, No, 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 no. Now, this is a good man who did his job. I was told to stop speeding. I did not. I was warned. I broke the law. I got arrested. I paid my bond. This is America. How far we have fallen, let's put it up. That was New Jersey Senator Cory Booker briefly detailing how one, no one is above the law. Even past presidents who have supposedly been arrested in the past. And according to former Trump White House lawyer, T.Y. Cobb, Donald Trump could be facing jail time too. It was recently revealed that the special counsel investigating the former president will receive 16 records, 16 separate records showing he knew the right process for declassifying documents. In an interview, Cobb told CNN's Erin um, Burnett. So I wouldn't, if it was me, I wouldn't necessarily expand the case to try to prove the Espionage Act piece of it because there was so much evidence of guilty knowledge on the espionage piece. That all they really have to do is show that Trump moved these documents at various times when the DOJ was either demanding them or actually present that he filed falsely with the Justice Department. Had his lawyers file falsely with the Justice Department and affidavit to the effect that none existed, which was shattered by the documents they discovered after the search and the many other misrepresentations that he and others have made on his behalf with regard to his possession of classified documents. He continued, yes, I do think he will go to jail on it. As uh, OK previously reported, Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Florida was raided as he held onto classified documents after leaving office. Now, the Justice Department has uncovered more evidence that Trump obstructed justice. According to multiple sources who spoke with CNN, the National Archives and Records Administration is set to hand over to Special Counsel Jack Smith. Remember, I told you, Jack Smith is not called in really to investigate. He's called in to prosecute. Jack Smith will get 16 records that show Trump and his top advisors had knowledge of correct declassification process while he was President of the United States, okay? Let's put her up in a letter sent to Trump on on Tuesday, May 16th. Norris Acting Archivist Deborah Steidle-Wall. Wrote, and I quote, the 16 records in question all reflect communications involving presidential advisors, some of them directed to you personally, concerning whether why and how you should declassify certain records. Over the past few months, the businessman has falsely claimed he had the power to declassify them, there doesn't have to be a process to declassify. As I understand it, he says. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying it's declassified, even by thinking about it. There can be a process, but there doesn't have to be, he told Sean Hannity. Um, Complete lies, we have statutory language to codify the process itself and there's also internal policies, etc. So why did he not simply declassify it? Well, one theory is, it's not valuable if it's no longer a secret. See, all right, sharing thoughts here.
5: I don't know how, why, it just seems like every time he says this nonsense about I can blink and it's declassified and repeats the lie. I just keep thinking about JK Rowling and if he consulted her and the Harry Potter books to come up mm-hmm. with some of this stuff because right. it is just, can we move on? And yeah. I really now believe Dr. Richie, that he he could go to jail, could yeah. it could be. I actually think it, it could happen.
1: Yeah, it, definitely. All right. You got a former White House attorney saying, mm, yeah, he's probably going to get locked up. Very sad story, but definitely a hero
0: cop. Let's put her up full mass. So sad. A pit bull type dog, as it is being described in Indiana, attacked and killed. Miss Tamika White, Miss White was a Marion County Sheriff's Office Deputy. She was trying to protect her small child, she's the mother from the dog. And the dog killed Miss White. They called her a bright light and a joy to be around. Let me give you as much background as we have. Little is known about the attack. That happened on Tuesday, May 9th at Miss White's home. However, by the time the Indianapolis police arrived at the residence, the 46 year old peace officer, she died shortly after. She died at the scene of the incident. The aggressive animal had mauled both White and her son according to WTHR. There's a police report. The police report says the child knocked on his neighbor's door to find help after the attack. Eventually, someone called 911 and the police arrived shortly after 8 p.m. Officers reported that upon entering the home and moving toward White as she lay in the garage, the dog charged at them. One of the responding officers fatally shot the animal. Although the incident happened in her home, the dog did not belong to Officer White. The deputy reportedly owned a dog herself and was dog sitting three others for someone she knew. IEMS and Indianapolis fire crews were called to the scene to assist in providing medical attention. While the officers did not arrive in time to save Deputy White, they were able to support her six-year-old son. They took him to a local hospital for treatment for the bites he is now recovering from non-life-threatening injuries because his mama saved him. Witnesses described the child as in shock, CBS 4 Indy reported. After the incident, the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department released a statement saying the officers have identified who owned the animal. Reports say a man arrived at White's house and told police his girlfriend owned the dogs and that he wanted to take the dogs home with him. The officers refused this request and allowed the city's animal services to seize the animals pending their investigation into what happened here. It has since been reported the Animal Services Agency, was called to White's house on a Saturday, May 6, around 3 p.m. Local station WTHR reported that. Animal control was answering a report of two fightful dogs running loose in the community, demonstrating aggressive behavior. Outside of the individual's query, no additional information about the owner was offered to the press. Deputy White was a bright light to all who knew her. We are immensely grateful for her nearly 17 years of service to our agency. We will work to uphold her legacy as a courageous and dedicated public servant, says Sheriff Carrie Forrestal. Let's put up this picture again. This story touched me, touched me because you can't imagine what was going through her mind, trying to save her son, what was going through her son's mind, seeing his mother being killed by this dog. And it's so unfortunate because based on the report, this all was avoidable if services properly aligned. Because a report, a proper report was given to animal control. But no query follow up is available. Mr. Mayor, this is really a policy question about local ordinance and local government. You as a mayor, you have to oversee uh, these local ordinances that deal with safety and the public all the time. What could have been done differently here to save this heroic deputy who saved the son, who saved the life of her son?
4: Yeah, I don't know if um, this is a tragic story and I, and I definitely understand why you were why you touched and shaken by it because we're talking about a six year old watched and tried to save his mom's life as she saved his life by running to a neighbor's house. Um, so that, that's the first thing that we have. We're talking about two humans that are forever changed. One is gone and one watched his mother leave Um, and all because these officers who responded to the first call from this deputy uh, did not do their job. I don't know if if it's in in infield, we have a a law that says you cannot have your dog. You can't walk your dog without a leash. These dogs clearly were unleashed. So if this if this gentleman, came to the house and said that, hey, these are my girlfriend's dog want to take them home. Those peace officers or those officers that were the dog animal control should have monitored the neighborhood until those animals were found, especially when we said two aggressive dogs are walking through the neighborhood. They should not have went back until they found those dogs or located those dogs. So the idea that there was no follow up with the person who called about two dogs with aggressive behavior roaming the neighborhood is absolutely tragic. And the sad part about it is it could have been even worse. Had, yeah. her, had she not saved or knew how to save her son life, yeah. we could have been talking about two lost lives. So this, this is a failure of, like you say, a policy and also uh, workers at the city level not doing what they were supposed to do as it pertains to making sure you patrol until you know that the, the perimeter is safe and it was clearly not safe.
0: Yeah, so sad, so
1: unfortunate. And from all accounts, she was a good one. She was a good cop. Okay, uh, talk about a real hero, unsheltered man
0: decides to risk it all. save an entire family trapped in a fire, put up a picture full mask. Hell of a story, beautiful ending. A daring act of bravery from a man living on the street helped save a Phoenix family from an apartment fire early Thursday morning. Mr. Joe Hollins is being called a hero for what he did, the fire broke out just after 4am near 22nd Avenue and Indian School Road. Claudia Jimenez and her two children were sleeping when her apartment burst into flames. I went to the front door and opened it and the flames were already covering my front door. The whole stairs were fire, were on fire already, she said. Neighbors started to bang on doors trying to wake everyone up. And get everyone out. Jimenez said her family was trapped in their second floor apartment. That's when she ran back to the bedroom, opened a window and started screaming for help. I started yelling, yelling, please, someone help me. There's a fire. I can't get out. I need someone to help me. And that's when I looked up and I see this gentleman coming and he's like, I'm going to help you, said Jimenez. Holland's uh, camps out along a canal and saw the apartments next door catch fire. So he ran over to see if he could help. He heard the screams and rushed over. He told Jimenez to drop her kids and two dogs out the window and he would catch them. I actually tried to climb up the side of the window and grab them as far as I could. Grab one, set her down, grab another, set, set her down, uh, the dog, get the dog. Then she didn't wanna come at first scared, she would fall. Then I said, I got you, don't worry, said Hollins. He successfully saved the entire family. Helping the terrified Jimenez and her one-year-old daughter, Valerie and eight-year-old daughter, Natalie, escaped the burning apartment without any serious injuries at all. I really have no words. I will forever be thankful to him. To me, he was an angel. He was there when I needed I looked around, he was the only one around. Because of him, we are, we are alive and my daughters are safe, Chimene said. When asked if he felt like a hero, Mr. Hollins had a simple response, anybody would do it. Spoken like a true hero, but he's incorrect, anybody would not do it. Holland said, adding he did what he had to do and was in the right place. At the right time. He also said he was happy to help. The damage from the fire was extensive. At least 10 people now need a new place to live. A GoFundMe page has been set up to help Jimenez and her daughters get back on their feet. Let's put up that GoFundMe. Investigators are now working to determine what led to the fire. If you're able to contribute to that GoFundMe as this family tries to remedy the disaster that took place, please do so. Now I want you to put up the picture of the hero. See, he does not have a GoFundMe. I want him to have one. If anybody knows him, tag me on social media, inbox me, contact me. I want to talk to this man, and I want to help this man. I want to bless this man. Thank you, brother, for what you did. Sharing thoughts.
5: What a beautiful, beautiful person. A black homeless man who just doesn't think twice and springs into action and look. What he did, saving an entire family trusted by this mother instead of looked at as something else. And this is, I I hate to connect everything, but I think everything is connected when you see people as people with value. He valued them. That's right. I'm
0: emotional because I know people would not have done that for him. A whole lot of folks would
5: have never done that for him not on a subway in New York. That's right.
0: He had no hesitation to do it for somebody else. All right, Sharon, always a pleasure.
5: Pleasure, you my doc, right.
0: appreciate tell people, you always. Absolutely, tell people I they can follow you, check out your work.
5: You can always catch me uh, at Sharon Reed live as the handle, but um, rebel HQ, TYT sports, um, I'm hitting my stride and, and I hope that uh, some folks will come along for the ride.
0: All right, we love your content, beautiful job. Thank right. you so Appreciate much. you. Okay, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet, remember the truth is always indisputable.